You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods. Hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beard. Let's get to it, New York. This Knicks win. So, New York had to overcome a lackluster first half and a seesaw battle in the fourth quarter to beat the pesky Magic in Orlando in front of a near record attendance at Amway Center that was overtaken by Knicks fans. It was really quite the scene. I I was watching the game. I didn't have the sound on, but I'm just watching the crowd reactions after the big buckets from the Knicks down the stretch. (laughs) You would have thought you were at Madison Square Garden. It was actually incredible to watch. The Knicks had some big buckets down the stretch from Jalen Brunson. As Tommy mentioned, the big shot uh, that wasn't LeBron's, uh, of course, a record-breaking shot. Brunson finished with 25 points in this one. He was 9 of 13 from the field, so a super efficient night scoring the ball for Jalen Brunson. Julius Randle at 22 and 14. Emmanuel quickly came off the bench and added 18 for their Orlando Magic, who I think really were impressive in this game. I think they've been impressive for a lot of the season despite the record. Marco Fultz had 21. Uh, Franz Wagner, their second-year player, had 18 points. So an impressive showing by the Magic, but nonetheless, the Knicks do get a W. So when you look at this game, Tommy, I talked about how impressive the Magic were. How do you take the Knicks' win in this? Because some people will look at the Knicks' struggles in this game and say, why did it take so long to to get get the lead? And why weren't they able to put Orlando away earlier? Why were they behind so much? But then you may say, hey, they they showed some grit on the road and they got a win that I think a lot of Knicks fans maybe were expecting them to lose considering the – the comeback with victory, that's the miracle victory in some ways they had against the Sixers on Sunday. Yeah, I, I, like as we've talked about at various times this year, um, get the W's when you can get the W's. Magic are a good team, not a great team, but, uh, you know, five games over 500. Their previous, I think it was 29, 30 games. Um, you know, they had played well despite the, the terrible start to the season. Some good young talent, well coached by Jamal Mosley. Um, yeah. and, uh, Knicks got a victory, uh, you know, on the road. The one thing I was worried about actually with all the Knicks fans down in, 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 in Orlando was the Knicks might think it's a home game and lose. Right. You know? Yeah. In some ways they played like a home game. Exactly. Better on the road. <laughs> um, but to me, the, and also, um, in terms of the closing out the game, um, you know, there was some adjustments made by Tibbs late in the game. We'll kind of get into those details, some offense, defense, things we've been asking for, um, you know, substituting, uh, um, Sims and Hardenstein in to get yep. that final rebound. They didn't yep. block out the shooter like they did with Luca, which drove me crazy. Um, yep. But they still got the rebound. Um, and, you know, we'll kind of get into those details. To me, though, the main takeaway, um, and this is the final game before the, the trade deadline. This is the, you know, one of the few final games before the All-Star break. Um, 
to me, the, 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 the takeaway is Jalen Brunson and the importance and the impact that this man has had on the franchise since the moment he arrived has been remarkable. Um, and it was again last night. They don't win that game without Jalen Brunson taking over down the stretch. Um, big baskets, two floaters, a 20-foot jumper, a dish to uh, Sims for a dunk. Um, anything that goes well for the Knicks in the last five minutes of a close game seems to be made either a basket or an assist off Jalen Brunson's hands. Um, looking at the numbers this morning, they I think they tell the story um, even, even more than we may have thought. Um, Brunson scored his 120th. He made four free throws in the final 10 seconds last night. That fourth free throw was his 120th point in the clutch this season. Um, that is the most in the NBA. He's now one point ahead of the Aaron Fox. Um, for those uh, that might not be familiar, the way NBA defines clutch is if the score is within five points and there's five minutes or less in the game. So anything that falls within those parameters is defined as clutch. NBA tracking data, you know, uh, uh, tracks it correspondingly. And again, Brunson leads the league in, in, in clutch points. It's not just that he's productive in those in those instances. He's also been efficient, shooting uh, 49% from the floor, over 82% from the free throw line. And especially in, in you know, since the, the calendar flipped to 2023, um, since January 4th, which is the second Knicks game, they, they, they won a 20-point blowout on January 2nd. Yeah. On January 4th, they had a comeback victory. Uh, in the five weeks since, Jalen Brunson has scored 60 points in the clutch. He's shooting 55% from the floor in those in those instances. Uh, that is by far and away the highest number in the league. The only player with more than 35 clutch points over that five-week stretch is LeBron James, who has 51. Um, wow. inc incredibly, Jalen Brunson has more points in the clutch, 60, than 10 other NBA teams. Um, again, that a lot has to do with the fact that the Knicks have played a ton of close games. Played a lot of close when they're games, up yeah. big, when they're up double digits, they <laughs> give it back. When they're down double yeah. digits, they force it and and, and make a run and, and have close yeah. games. So the Knicks have played the second most um, uh, clutch minutes dur during the span, the Lakers being number one. Um, but again, it just speaks to Jalen Brunson. Um, you know, we've talked about a few things that have happened even within the last couple of days. Brunson outplays Harden. In uh, uh, you know, in a victory over the Sixers, Harden's one of the other players that was considered a snub. The next day, uh, Kyrie Irving gets traded out west to the Dallas Mavericks. The next day, Kevin Durant, um, it's reported he's going to pull out of the All Star game, and then Brunson puts the team on his back again on for a road right. when they win another game. That four games over five hundred looks like there's going to be two open slots on that Eastern Conference team um, with Kyrie shifting over the West, probably replacing Steph Curry. But now we also have KD sidelined. Um, Jalen Brunson's earned an all-star bid. He deserves an all-star bid. I expect him to be named an all-star replacement um, within the next day or so. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Jalen Brunson definitely was a story of the game. Brunson was awesome down the stretch. And to me, this was another example of a game last season where the Knicks lose. Like, they don't have that floor general. They don't have that guy that can just beat his man off the dribble and get a bucket or get a bucket for somebody else. Like, how many times last season did we see 
and sometimes even this season, team get bogged down by Julius Randle isolations. I think one of the great signs from this game was that they ran the offense almost exclusively through Brunson down the stretch. In fact, the one play where they didn't run through Brunson, Randle fell and traveled. You know, so um, and it kind of like I think it kind of showed them, hey, let's go away from that again. Let's go back to going through Jalen Brunson. So uh, Brunson was spectacular again. I mean, and and to be to his credit too. Orlando's a tough defensive team. I mean, uh, he, Marco Fultz is an incredible athlete. I thought he looked really good last night. He looked great defensively. Jalen Suggs is a great defender as well. I mean, they got dogs in terms of guys who can guard you man-to-man. I think that's why Brunson only got 13 shots. I don't think he was necessarily trying to hoist them up because that was going to be a tough matchup for him. Two long, athletic, defensive-minded guys gave him problems. He still had 25-9-13, hit some clutch baskets, so – all the credit to Jalen Brunson for, for a spectacular game. And, yeah, I, I take the positive from this game. I'm not going to look at this one and say, hey, you know, Knicks playing against Orlando team that's young and, you know, maybe they should have smacked these guys around considering they had another big game this week against the Sixers. Like, this was a game that I kind of was expecting the Knicks to lose. Like, I really saw what happened on Sunday and said, ah, oh, they're going to go down to Florida. They're going to see all those Knicks fans. They're going to think it's all sweet. And Orlando's going to take it to them. And for the first half, and definitely for the first quarter plus, that's what it looked like, you know. But um, but credit for the Knicks for, for battling back against a team that I think is on a come up. Like, I don't know uh, if it's next season, but it, it feels like the Magic really are building something. When you see uh, Wagner and Bancaro and I mean, I, I forgot Jonathan Isaac was a basketball player before this <laughs> a couple weeks ago. But you see him out there battling Randall. He looked good defensively. I mean, they got some guys, you know, it's going to be a matter of whether or not they can uh, have, you know, Bancaro, one of these guys really become the superstar that they're hoping. But um, or or, or if they ever win the lottery, jeez. Or yeah, if they oh yeah, if they win the lottery and they get win by Yama, then next year I think they they're a playoff team. I think yeah. that that they would take a big jump in just I think one year. But but yeah, no the credit to the Magic. I think for 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 playing hard that night. That night they definitely had an effort that could have been worth a win against a a Nick team that's been good this year. But uh, shout out to the Knicks for for battling. You mentioned Tibbs's fourth quarter. I, I think this might have been the best fourth quarter Tibbs's maybe ever coach as a Nick coach, which is crazy that we're in year three and it took this long for me to say that. But I was like dumbfounded in a positive way at just like how he adjusted. I, I love that they ran the offense through Brunson. You talked about the offense, defense substitutions. He was getting Grimes in there when he didn't have to. He took RJI one for, for one defensive possession on the last rebound. He puts in Hardenstein as, you know, I'm watching Orlando throw bowl bowl in there. I'm like, oh God, it's Tim's gonna, is he wake? Is he, does he see what's going on? And he was paying attention. And they secure that offensive rebound, uh, defensive rebound. Shout out to Julius Randle for a man's rebound and getting that ball. Like Tibbs, really, he coached a, a masterclass in that last five minutes. Again, uh, no way would I have expected that, but he did a really great job down the stretch, and he needs he deserves credit for that. Definitely, and he subbed out Brunson on a defensive substitution. Yes, there. he did. And, you know something that we've talked about before. Um, I would have probably liked to have seen McBride in there instead of RJ, who. Um, if uh, uh, speaking of that first half, um, and I agree with you, um, a lot to take away positively. There's a lot of, of pluses. RJ Barrett's regression continues. Um, in the first half, he was awful. He's had some awful yes, halves this year, but he that was arguably his, his most of his one from seven from the floor. And defensively, he was lost. Um, yeah. Franz Wagner was just eating him for lunch, you know, losing him back door over the screens, wasn't seeing the floor. To RJ's credit, bounced back in the second half. Um, so not, had, it was one for 20 from three and then banked in a three. I think that kind of helped him get, you know, helped him get going. Um, he'll take it, um, you know, but uh, the more we've seen over the last couple of weeks, it's, you know, it's, it's, 
hard to make an argument that RJ deserves minutes over IQ and Grimes. Um, the way those guys have played, those way, the way those guys contribute on both ends of the floor. Um, I don't think, you know, uh, IQ is a perfect fit with that second unit. And he's basically the team's sixth starter anyway. Um, so I don't think you necessarily need to make a move. Um, and RJ is yeah. a pride guy, understandably so. You know, he's not going to be yanked. I don't think he'd respond positively to that from the starting lineup. Um, but RJ, you know, if the Knicks are going to, secure the six seed, you know, make a run towards, you know, and, and just kind of uh, it, it continue their development, not only the next two months, but the next two years, the next five years, um, RJ is going to have to start moving in the right direction. And there are some worrisome signs, you know, maybe I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, maybe he was overcoming he that was illness sick. And he was, right, he was, yeah. he was sick on Sunday. So he's working his way back to me. Then Tibbs, then it's incumbent on, you know, Tibbs has to take him out, not playing 13 minutes in the first 16 minutes of the game. Um, yeah. You know, on, on the night, um, he was negative nine. He was minus for minus 15 in 13 first half minutes um, and minus nine on the evening, whereas IQ was plus nine. Um, you know, so we'll have that conversation another day. Um, but again, it's a, a, another little warning sign for me um, that uh, you know, cause for concern, shall we say. Um, does that get, you know, if, if the Knicks trade for OG? Um, which doesn't sound likely, but we'll, you know, we'll talk mm -hmm. about it at the end of the show. Um, the kind of consensus thinking probably would be that RJ would slide to the two and bump Grimes to the bench. I don't know if that's a, you know, a, again, at this point, um, it's hard to make the argument that RJ has earned minutes over either IQ or Grimes. Yeah. I mean, RJ now, I, I, I did think that he, he, he lost Franz once in the fourth quarter, which was a, a bad backdoor, but he, he definitely picked it up defensively in the second, in the yes. second half, which is, yes. which continues to be his story is that yes. he can have these miserable first halves where he's kind of killing the team. And then, you know, he had, I think he had a big three in that fourth quarter as well. So it, 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 it's too, it's too much inconsistency. You know, he yes. needs to play consistent. Um, I still feel like he really hasn't, and I talked about it on the last on one of the other podcast episodes. Like, you know, Tibbs had mentioned that, you know, they feel like he's still getting back from the time off from the finger injury. Like, I still feel like he hasn't been 100% right since then. But at the same time, this has been kind of, again, like I said, his story, not just before that injury. I mean, it's been his story. I mean, not just since that injury, but his story before that injury. So uh, the defense has to get better. He has to play four quarters of defense. You can't have what, what you had. Uh, for that first half in, in last night's game. And I do think that I agree. I don't think taking him on a starting lineup really makes that much sense because I, I don't think he'd respond to it. I also don't know, depending on the matchups that I want Quinn Grimes guarding threes, like consistently, right. like that sounds like that would be not necessarily the best use for him. So right. RJ has to start three as long as this is the yes. roster you have. Um, yes. But yeah, closing games that depending on the lineups, like I think it's a night to night basis. I think if RJ is struggling, then I don't think he should be out there. If he's playing well, he's giving you offense, which we know he can, um, like he did against Miami, then he should be out there. But, yeah, I do think it's becoming more of a game-to-game -game basis. It's not necessarily automatic that he's out there. It's right. it's, it's a little – it is what it is. I do think from uh, the coaching standpoint, to see how much Julius Randle killed the team last year and how Tibbs closed with him pretty almost every single night and now to see that this is happening to RJ, I'm sure that's why RJ was a little upset. A couple of games ago, uh, when Tibbs said that you know, uh, you know, we're doing what's best for the team, when there was plenty of games last season when it was best for the team for Randall not to finish the game and for either RJ to play the four or Obi to finish the game, um, but nonetheless, RJ's got to play better. If he wants to stay on the floor, he can't. He can't play the way he played in that first half. No question. Agreed. And, yeah, one, and wait, just yeah, one, one other thing on on um, I just meant to mention with uh, um, Brunson is it, the 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 value of his contributions late in the fourth quarter and crunch time is is 
increase is highlighted by the struggles that uh, Randall and Barrett have had closing games. You yeah. know, we saw it last season. Um, and, and you know, Brunson has more has more points in the clutch than Randall and Barrett combined this season. So, um, you know, the, the NBA has that new award this year, the, the, the clutch player of the year. Um, I think right now um, Brunson's the odds on favorite to win it. I think he should win it. Um, you know, again, not just because of his production, but also his efficiency and how important that has been. Knicks have 16 games this season uh, with crunch. Uh, they've won 16 crunch time games um, this season. They That's more than they had all. Uh, they had 18 all of last year, uh, 12 the, the, the two years before, I think 13 the year. But, you know, so just, again, um, tons of praise uh, for to Jalen Brunson. Um, the, the way he's turned around this franchise uh, in a short period of time really has been remarkable. Yep, yep, absolutely. And Brunson's efforts helped the Knicks improve to 30 and 26, four games above 500. They're now in a kind of statistical tie with the Miami Heat five. So uh, he has a slightly better winning percentage, hence why they're still the, the six seed right now. But uh, right now, same amount of games back behind Boston for the first seed, nine games. So Knicks are in good position continually. And we talked about this stretch of games being an extremely difficult stretch. The Knicks haven't really treated it as such. They've essentially treaded water without Mitchell Robinson. Like, I, I think that if you're a Knicks fan, for whatever reason, there seems to be a lot of conversation about the negativity about the team not being better than they are and why are they a championship contender? I mean, look, they, they're, they've they treaded water against some of the best teams in the league, and they don't have Mitchell Robinson. I think when Mitchell Robinson comes back, I think you do wonder, hey, can this team get to that sixth spot? Can this team compete in a first-round matchup with some of these top teams? I think it's going to be – a more interesting thing to follow than maybe people consider when Mitchell Robinson went down. And I do want to give a shout out to the Knicks fans that were in Orlando. It's not go unnoticed from Julius Randle, who talked about that after the game. Yeah, they always show a big here. So, you know, it's fun uh, playing here. It almost feels like a home game. So shout out to the Knicks fans. Julius Randle mentioning how it felt like a home game. They were awesome. Uh, <laughs> and way to see them uh, take over was pretty awesome. So big Knicks win. Uh, credit to the guys for, for getting it done. But uh, let's move yeah. Go ahead. Well, lastly, just on, on on that point about the, the the tough stretch of the schedule. Basically, we had said if the Knicks can get to the All Star break at five hundred, you, you you know you take that all day long. Um, they're four games over five hundred with four games left before the All Star break at Philly, Utah at home, Brooklyn at home. Um, looks like uh, Durant won't be available and yeah. at Atlanta. So if the Knicks can win just one of those games, they're above five, two games above 500. If, even if they lose all four, they're at 500. Um, so really uh, commendable job by the Knicks for keeping their head above water, difficult stretch, no Mitchell Robinson, um, and they're still four games over 500. Yeah, and now you start to get greedy. You kind of wonder if they can even improve that because you look at those teams, you say, hey, no world beaters. No, before that, you would have said, oh, wow, Mitch Robinson's going to be tough. But, you know, Nets don't have Kyrie. Uh, Atlanta still kind of tends to be, you know, we'll see what they do with the trade deadline. All those guys still on the team. Um, Utah, you know, maybe sellers. They may not be guys on their team by the time they play them. So uh, now you're looking at a set that looks very difficult. You say, hey, maybe could you win three out of four? Could you at least split? You know, yep. So, so, uh, so it's in good shape right now.